What is up, guys? Uh, it has been a couple days since I made a anchor podcast or station entry or whatever they call it. Um, but today I wanted to talk about light meters. Light meters is something that, or is a subject or a technique or a concept to a lot of people who are starting cinematography now that is completely foreign. And I find that really interesting, like not in a bad way or a good way, just, but just actually interesting how people are learning cinematography without light meters. Because when I started, we had digital cameras, but we were shooting 16 and 35, 35 a little bit, 16 more. And learning to light with a light meter was such a crucial part of the process that if you didn't know how to light with a light meter or use a light meter, you weren't shooting anything. You weren't shooting like you know things that were cinematic. Now things are very different. Of course, you can use your phone and probably do pretty well. Or put your A7S on auto exposure; it's gonna do fine for you. But back when I was starting, light meters were everything. So I just wanted to talk about light meters a little bit, and I'm gonna be hopefully making some YouTube content uh, with Sekonic about light meters in the future. Now it probably isn't gonna make sense to try to explain light meters or how I use them or how I think they work uh, and how exposure works on a podcast. That doesn't make very much sense, but I will say that with film, it was a somewhat simpler time for the DPs. It was a little bit more nerve-wracking. I don't miss shooting film at all on commercial projects. I like knowing what it looks like. I like having other people on set know what it looks like. People always talk about the good old days where well, no one had a monitor and no one knew what it looked like but the DP. That's terrifying because if it screws up, that's the DP's fault. Everyone thinks it's artistic, but really, that's just firing waiting to happen. And I've screwed up exposures even when we had monitors. So, I mean, for me, I as a commercial DP, it, the monitor has been fine. I'm completely fine with it. If you can't control your image because there's a monitor on set, then you just don't have control over the set, in my opinion. But, again, to get back to the point is that light meters were really a, a simpler time because the way that I basically used it, in general, if we're going for normal exposure looking things like interviews and short films where we don't want things to be like super dark or something, you know, like really moody or like a look, just normal exposure, uh, I basically took a reading, you know, put the settings into the light meter, took a reading, and if that was the what the key light was under there, that's basically what I put the lens at. And then I would use the spot meter and make sure that the skin tone on the bright side was, you know, maybe one stop over the key or something like that if it's a Caucasian skin. And we were pretty much good to go, and the film had a lot of latitude in the overexposure, so we weren't really too worried, especially in exteriors like we are with digital, that if you metered in shade that the uh, direct sunlight was going to be overexposed. It normally was a little bit, but film held it pretty well. In, in the dark scenes, that's where it gets a little bit scary, because with film, underexposing means you get nothing. Like, if you underexpose film, it's not very pretty to bring it back. Uh, depending on the film stock. I mean, some people do rate it that way, so you have to bring it up. But in general, I know that sounded probably confusing for people who've never used meters, but in general, you pulled out the meter, and you set up the settings to match your camera, and what you took under the key light is what you put the lens at, more or less. You know, And it was just using the spot meter then to know how much over or under everything is. Now, moving really quickly, that can be a little bit scary, and dealing with ND filters was always kind of a scary thing for me, but in general, that's all we did. We didn't look at the monitors, there were no waveforms, I didn't, we weren't really worried about log curves, we weren't worried about uh, lookup tables, none of that stuff applied because all that stuff was happening later on. It was basically like shooting raw, but you never even looked at the monitor for exposure. You just took the reading, you used the spot meter, and you were good to go. In most cases, you were fine. You know, I did entire short films, the first time I shot film. I used that exact method, it came out great. Now the colorist at the lab or the transfer person may have helped me out on certain scenes, but 
that was a simple thing, you know. And, and these days, the trick for me now is to try to try to relate that type of methodology back to dealing with waveform monitors and false color and all that. And I did make one video about that with the FS7, but uh, that is something that I want to try to get done with, um, hopefully with Zaconic. Uh, they sent me a couple of their meters, I've been using them, and I'm just trying to figure out the best way to show that because the light meters still are really important, and that's something that I'll talk about in the next part. So what has changed and is never going back is that in a basically available light situation where you cannot change the lighting and you're just shooting under what's available, you used to have to use a light meter to know what to put the camera at, but these days there's no world where you need a light meter for something like that, where you're not actually adjusting the light, it's very unlikely you're going to need that. For color balance, the camera does a usually pretty good job of auto white balancing, and then for exposure, you could even put it on auto, and a lot of the times it's going to be okay, unless it's like extremely backlit situations with like LCD screens and that sort of thing, and then you go into manual exposure. Again, in those situations on film, you had to use a meter or else you couldn't get exposure. These days, there's so many tools to find out if you're exposed correctly that, you know, that that's why a big a big reason that the light meters have um, fallen out of fashion for that type of shooting, and not to mention a lot of the types of narrative and commercial shooting really uh, promotes that style of not lighting or, or finding lighting. You're never not lighting, you're just finding light. In those situations, it's faster and more intuitive to just not even use a light meter. But I will say, and I stand by this now, is that a light meter is a language. It's a way of understanding and communicating lighting, lighting level, not exactly lighting quality, but how much light is in a room and how much light you want to be in a certain part of that room. Now, if you're a DP and it's just you and you have like one or two lights, a light meter may not be that important because it's just you. You can change each light by eye, no big problem. You stop down, you open up, you're still moving the set along pretty well. Now, fast forward to a set that has 30 lights, which isn't even that many, and you don't necessarily have time to point the camera at every individual light to balance them all out. This is where the light meter really comes in. So you might be on a scout and you might need to know how much light is in the room at that point in the day. And then you need to balance to that or bring more than that. And in which case you're going to want to take a foot candle reading or a regular exposure reading if you know exactly what, you know, what lens and camera you're going to be and how you're going to rate it before the shoot. A light meter is pure. You get foot candles and you're reading foot candles. No big deal. Or um, if you're on a pre-light and you don't have the camera, the camera's not set up, you're going to be hanging a lot of lights before the camera's up. And you can't, you, you want to know beforehand if they're exposed evenly, if that's what you want, if one part's brighter than the other, what's your working stop? Like say you want to work at a four, but have enough buffer room to maybe, you know, go into high speed. So you might light the whole set to an eight instead. This is that language where you have a team of people executing lighting without a camera necessarily. Not The gaffer doesn't have a camera when he or she is going to be setting up the lights. This is where the light meter is still relevant and hopefully that's what I'm going to try to illustrate in a video coming up. So, you know, we're, we're on set and the, lar the vast majority of DPs use monitors now. And they get a monitor they trust, they quote unquote calibrate it. Um, there's the RGB parade, there's waveforms, there's false color, but what, what I find concerning about that is that what you're looking at as far as the false color on the monitor or the image or any of those um, 
when any of those readouts aren't really accurate to what's being captured on the camera, especially if you're shooting in a RAW format. If you're shooting Log C, it's still just an approximation of what's being recorded. And one of the issues is that say you're using false color and you're like, oh, so gray is 50% and that's safe. That's where I want to put the exposure. Well, different cameras put different lighting values in different places on the log curve. And this is where things get a little bit funny. And as well, if you start to trust that too much without using a light meter and testing the old way, which is testing the different sensitivities for grain and overexposure, and then rating the camera based on your tests, not on what the manufacturers give you, is that you really don't know what's going on with the exposure. And I, I've actually been learning this more and more as I've been doing YouTube, unless as a DP. As a DP, we're shooting Alexa, and Alexa was kind of close. I mean, it was relative, It was like within a stop of what they rated the camera at, which is 800. But um, some of the other cameras, like the A7S II, or the Blackmagic cameras, and some of the RED cameras now, especially, and IPP2 I think has cleaned it up a little bit, but you couldn't really trust those ISO ratings, and then if you're just tr trusting the false color, and everyone's like, oh cool, let's sign off on the manufacturer's ISO and this, you know, this false color, which is again just an approximation of more or less a Rec 709 transform, more or less, I know there's more to it than that, but it's, it's an approximation, you're not, you're dealing with some very, very fuzzy math, and some very fuzzy exposure, and I think that this really starts to hurt you when you're lighting, and you want to light to certain, um, certain ratios, you want to have the backlight be two stops over, if you're relying on the monitors instead of the meter, which I get is faster in most cases, but if you're really doing it that way, I think it's very difficult to maintain a consistent exposure throughout a scene, I've found that, and that I think that the meter is really um, something that should be trying to come back into play for the serious lighting DPs. If it's all run and gun, leave the meter at home, but if you're actually lighting, working with the team and communicating lighting, this is where the meter comes in, and this is where you can start to really understand your camera. I think it's like that crucial component to understanding exposure, and where you as the DP want to rate the camera, because DPs rate film stocks and cameras at different ISOs, effectively. So those are my off-the-top-of-my-head thoughts on the light meters. I'm going to try to boil it down into one or two or three YouTube videos where I really show and illustrate that. It's going to be kind of a bigger project because anything with lighting requires uh, a crew and talent and a place to do it in controlled environments. But it's something I would love to put together and I've been working with Sekonic to try to hopefully put something cool like that together for you guys. And I think that, I think that there's plenty of good cinematographers that will never need a meter, right? And that's, that's what's changed, whereas every cinematographer had a meter before. But I will say that the more serious you get about lighting and dealing with teams of people, the more important it is to be able to communicate in explicit lighting measurements. And I, I think that's something that can't go away or shouldn't be going away, even though I know that it's it's sort of uh, been trending trending that, that direction to, to be getting rid of light meters. But I really, as, as forward-thinking as I am with technology and you know, previs and like I'm, 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 I'm definitely an early adopter of AR, VR, like all these things that are new. And I understand that there's, there's different ways of gauging exposure, but I still can't imagine a proper sized movie or TV or commercial set without light meters being present. I just, I can't see that. I know that I've done it right on certain scenes, but as far as maintaining consistent contrast and all that, I just, I just feel like it has to be something that. That, that will stand. I'm not sure what the evolution is going to be. You know, I, I see less 
young filmmakers grabbing meters, but it's it's something that I want to make uh, a YouTube series about, and that kind of wraps it up for this uh, anchor rant about light meters. So I'd love to hear through Collins or you know DM on Instagram or Twitter. Twitter is really the best, I think. Uh, let me know what are your thoughts on light meters. Do you use them? Uh, are you planning on getting one? Do you know how to use them? Is it something you just don't know um, and didn't need because you're not shooting film and you just go off the monitor? I mean, that's the majority of people, myself included, for um, a lot of shoots, unless it's like a bigger studio thing. You know, I'm just interested in where people are at with the light meters, and I, I do plan on trying to make a, a pretty comprehensive, my interpretation and workflow of, of why light meters are important. So that's it for this one, and I will talk to you guys on the next one.